Man, what an awesome opportunity we have before us for family conference. I just love, I love hearing again about family conference and the vision for it. We are so excited that in just two weeks, we get to come together for the first Summit Family Conference. Listen, I would encourage you to register. I mean, it's only $50 for the entire family. And man, you're going to... It's, I'm just promise you it's going to be worth it. Just the content that you're going to get. We got a special gift for every family with that registration fee. And, and I know that God is going to do some great things at Summit Family Conference. You want to sign up today. You want to invite someone to sign up. It's going to be practical training, practical uh, teaching for helping your family be God-centered. It's going to be awesome. You don't want to miss it. Well, I'm excited today that we get to come together. Good morning, church. Good morning to our online church. So excited that you're joining in today, that we get to to hear the Word of God together. I don't believe it's by accident that that you're tuning in, that you're watching. I believe God wants to speak to us. God wants to minister to us. And God wants to show us His love. Listen, if you're new with us this morning, this is the first time that you're, that you're watching with us, I, I want to say thank you so much for, for being part. Thank you so much for checking out your Summit Church. And, and uh, here's what I ask you would do if you're new, just go to the description there, click that link, and it's going to bring up an online form for you. And I just ask you to fill that out. Just put the information in there, and then one of our team is going to get in touch with you just to build a connection to see if you have any questions about the church. And uh, man, we just want you to know that it matters to us that you would be here with us in service. Now listen, we are in the second message in the, in the series, My House. And I, I'm telling you what, I have looked forward to this series and the first message in it did not disappoint our message from our senior pastor, Pastor David. It was amazing. And so I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. Go back and get that into your spirit because God wants to do something amazing in your family. Now, with the theme verse that we have for this is Joshua 24, 15. And you can, you can go to Joshua 24, 15 this morning and read along or you can just follow along uh, in, in, a, in your own Bible right there where you're at. And let's jump into this together. Joshua 24, 15 in the Old Testament. And here's what it reads. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. This is Joshua making this, this speech. And he says, Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. So he's saying, if you serve them, that's, that's your choice. But, he gives this declaration, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I love this. At this point in Joshua's life, he was, he's toward the end of his life. And he had seen God's faithfulness. He had seen God come through over and over again. And though he was old, he was still alive. Although he was old, he still, he still had some spunk about him. Come on. He, even though he was old, he could still see very clearly how his family should be and how his family uh, was going to continue to live. And I believe it's because he had good family vision. So today, if you're writing, uh, taking notes, I would just encourage you to write down this title, the message is we're going to talk about family vision. 
family vision. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this word. God, we know your word changes us and transforms us. And so, God, I pray that as we hear from you today, Holy Spirit, that we would be infused with courage. That's been my prayer. That we'd be infused with courage, God, godly courage to lead our families. That we'd have clarity and vision for our families. And that, Holy Spirit, you would speak. And that our hearts would be open. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, man, it is, a, it is a good day. It is a good day to be together. Um, I love the, the, this, the season that we're in as a church, but honestly, just the season that is upon us as we're, as we're kind of ending summer and heading into fall because um, with fall, we know that football is back. Come on, I'm like, I am a sports enthusiast. Football is by far my favorite sport. I love it. Can't wait to go to the uh, high school game this Friday night. It's going to be my first one. I can't, I'm looking forward to it. But I look, like it. I like watching all kinds of football. I love watching sports. And not just watching sports. I, could, I literally feel like I could play any sport. I might not be good at it. But I would enjoy it. Because I'm a competitor by nature. Now, I have found out that, that as a parent, now my kids are older now, but especially when, I first, when our kids first started getting into sports, it was so hard for me not to have my competitive nature spill over onto them. You know, yes, I, I, was I trying to live vicariously through my kids for a season? I might have. I might have been guilty of it. I am definitely not a perfect parent. But I, find, I would find myself being so competitive, even in like little league sports. Now, I didn't act crazy, and I didn't have to get kicked out of any games. No condemnation if that's you. You know, thank God that Jesus has set us free. But, but I was so competitive. Both of my both of my kids played sports. My daughter and my son, they both played sports. They played baseball and, uh, and softball, ran track, and, and played basketball. And I remember, uh, I remember my daughter playing softball. When she was really young, she'd play softball. And uh, it was so funny because, because she, was, she would play, and she was scared of the ball like I mean it's a natural thing right like it's a natural thing to be kind of scared of the ball and so I would take her out there and I was trying to explain to her like you don't have to fear the, fear the ball it's kind of like when you're trying to teach the, your kids for the first time if you have a kid that played sports that played baseball or softball you can talk to them and you can tell them the the uh, practically you can tell them how to catch the ball you can tell them the dynamics of it, and you can try to explain it to them. But there's something different from when you're just trying to explain it to when they actually, you put a glove on and you actually do it. You know, we have the, the glove right here, and when you actually put the glove on, and you have the ball, and you start going out, and you start positioning yourself. You start getting it ready, right? You start, then you start throwing the ball at them, then it comes to life. They start catching it. And I don't know if you've played or not, and maybe it's been a while, but it's just now it probably becomes natural to so many of us. But there's more than just talking about it. It's actually putting it into practice, helping them learn how to catch the ball. And with Haley, she was afraid of it. Even though she was good, she had got it down, she could catch the ball. And so I did something that I wouldn't recommend 
I don't think it was very good. If you ask our daughter today, she would tell you her story and version is way different than mine. She, she talks about it like I was uh, abusing her. But what we did is we had our garage. It had, we had a little carport. And in this carport, we had, a, we had this wall on the carport. And so I just, I just said, hey, just stand in front of that wall. And so my young daughter, I can't remember exactly how old she was, she stood in front of the wall, and then I said, I just want you to show, I want to show you how fast your reflexes are. So I took the ball, and I began to throw it towards her, and I was like, see, you can move fast enough. Now to me, I know I was throwing the ball lightly, I just wanted to show she had uh, plenty of time. Now to her, she, in her mind, she remembers me trying to hit her with the ball over and over again. I said, no, that's not the story, you missed the point. But what I'm saying is, like, when we say things, it's good, but when we actually can show someone, it takes on a whole new meaning. I remember even uh, my son, Christian, he, when, he became, uh, when he became old enough to drive, he was 16, he was about to be 16, and we, the, the truck we got him was an older truck, but it was a standard. Now, some of you still don't know how to drive a standard, and that's okay, but I think everyone should learn how to do that. And I remember taking him out, and if you remember when you tried to learn to drive a standard, you would say, now, now take, let out a little bit on the, on the brake as you press down on the clutch, and it's all a timing thing. And, and he was so frustrated because I was trying to just tell him how to do it, I ended up having to show him how to do it. He was, I remember, my, I'm telling you, listen, you want to test your parenting skills, do the, do the parent-taught driver's ed course I promise you it will it will grow patience the fruit of the spirit in you you know it's so easy to become frustrated when we're trying to understand something it's so easy to become frustrated just to be real as we're trying to understand marriage as we're trying to understand how to lead a family how to lead our our family because there's so many opinions and there's so many thoughts. This is how you do it. There's so much pressure from culture on how to lead your family. Everyone, what did they say? I don't know. If, it's like, it's like a, your backside. Opinions are like your backside. Everyone has one. Um, I think you can go on with that, but I think that we'll just stop for, uh, for our point. But we find ourselves trying to listen and how to do things because we want to do things the right way, but, but we can, it's hard sometimes to grasp it unless we really put ourselves in the position of doing it and listening to the right person. So often we try to, to just listen to all these voices to learn how to lead our family. But I, I, there's something I've figured out about vision and that's been said many, many times before that I want us to remember today. And that is that vision is easier caught than taught. And when it comes to family vision, it's no different. Vision for your family is easier caught than taught. You need to write that down and remember that. And, you're, and you may be saying, well, should, shouldn't we listen to different teaching and shouldn't we listen to thoughts and ideas about how to raise our family? And I would say the answer is yes to that if it's coming from the right place, if it's coming from the right resource. Let, let me explain to you what I mean. Often we catch vision, the right vision, not because of what we are listening to, but who we are listening to. 
I want you to remember that. When, if you want to catch right vision for your family, it's not, typically, it's not always because of what you're listening to, but it's who you're listening to. Have, have you ever sat down with someone that you highly respected in an area of life or, uh, and, and you wanted to, to talk to them and learn from them and hear what they, what they had to say? See, in that setting, what they are saying is so important, but it's not as important as the person that's saying it. What they're saying is good, but it's because you respect and you highly value what they're saying and what it's coming from. It's kind of like you've heard the saying, don't trust a skinny chef. Come on, you know what I'm saying. Like You're like, I want to know this person knows how to do something right. Or don't tr- I would say this, don't trust a fat trainer. Listen, I know there's some hefty people that can tell you how to get fit, but if I'm going to do that, I'm going to listen to someone that I trust and that I actually see the results in their life. So we want to listen to someone that's casting vision and someone that's teaching the right way. The teaching is good, but we have to trust them enough that we will catch what they're saying and apply it to their life. We have to catch what people are saying and apply it to our life, and specifically with family. Come on, listen. I know that God wants your family to flourish and to thrive and to be the family that He has called it to be, and I believe that He can do that with each and every one of us. If we want to have family vision, then we have to catch it from the right person. And that person is Jesus. If we want to have family vision the way that God has intended for us to do it, we have to catch it from the right person, and that is Jesus. And I believe if you I want to take it further, if you want to catch it from the right person, then you have to be in the right place. If you want to catch it from the right person, you have to put yourself in the right environments to catch it. From him, which it brings us to our example of this series, Joshua. Joshua is the example in our series that we're looking at as we looked in, in Joshua chapter 24, and as we see that as it's our theme scripture, as Joshua did this, he has shown us the right place and the right person to catch vision from. But I can tell you this: there are, there are all types of ways, all types of places, all types of things that we can pull vision from for our family. I'm not saying they're the right ones, but they're ones that that we happen. So I want to look at those today. I want to look at the places that we catch vision for our family. Number one, we catch vision for our family from family. We catch vision from family. You know, I don't know what your family was like. I don't know if you saw a great model of a healthy family. But so often, that's where we get our vision from. And sometimes we need vision correction because our family didn't, we didn't actually catch the God vision that He had for us because maybe our family had some troubles and had some issues. And, and you know, as we look at the story of uh, Joshua, he could have caught vision for his life and for his family to make this declaration, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He could have caught it from there, but we don't really know for sure. If you go look, and and often what we know about his his family, what we know about his father is that his father was the son of none. And that's mainly what we know. Like That's what we see over and over. It doesn't go into description of who he was. It doesn't go into description of what he did. It's... It just says he was the son of none. Now, I was reading 
And one theologian said, stated this, and I thought it was a great point. It is highly possible that though we don't know a lot about none, but because we know about the Israelites and we know about the age of Joshua and we know about the age of the Israelites, it's highly possible that Joshua's father, Nun, was born as a slave in Egypt and lived out, if not all of his life, most of his life as a slave. I think it's amazing to me to see that this is probably how Nun lived his life. This is probably what he was used to. But Joshua, uh, uh, Joshua would live differently. Think about the fact that Joshua would be free that Joshua would lead the Israelites to capture a land, that Joshua was a conqueror, even though he was free, his father had been bound. He came out of something different. And you know, as I was preparing for this message, this is something that kept stirring in my spirit that I think I need to, to say today. And I don't know who this is for, but I believe that God wants to speak to us. I don't believe it's by accident that we just come together or that we're watching I know God wants to speak, and I want you to know today that no matter how your family was, no matter how you grew up, no matter what you saw, no matter, no matter if it was good or bad, no matter how difficult it may have been, no matter what you went through, maybe your family life was tragic, and I'm not belittling that. I hate it that you had to go through that. I don't want people to have to go through that, but what I do want you to know is that even if it was, it does not have to repeat itself because God can stop it with you. Come on, I hope you're getting this this morning. I want you to understand that you can have a God vision for your family regardless of what happened in life. You don't have to follow the cycle. You don't have to follow the statistics. God can change the direction of your family tree, and it can be done with you and your family. Even if you didn't see that healthy family growing up, even if you didn't see it then, I believe you can see it now. Even if vision wasn't implanted into your heart from your family, I want you to know it can be now and that you can begin to lead your family for today and for tomorrow and for generations to come. It's possible that you catch vision from your family, but I can tell you it's also not limiting you. Number two, the second place that we often catch vision from for families is that we catch it from popular culture. It just happens. If we're not intentional to cast vision, I can tell you that culture will begin to overtake the vision for our family. Culture is setting the tone for what families look like. Culture is trying to set the tone for the next generation. Uh, Pastor David even mentioned last week that there are organizations that are trying to tear down the very fabric of the family and trying to redefine it. We don't go to those places to redefine what culture is. Come on. You know, social media is trying to tell us how family should be. That's not the place. So often, it's easy to just go with the flow. But can I just tell, tell you today and remind you that if you've given your life to Christ, we've never been called to just go with the flow. As a matter of fact, when we become Christians, it, says, it tells us that, that the road to where we're going is narrow. The path is small, but broad is the road that leads to destruction. And if you actually look at that, it, it actually is talking about going a different way. So we don't go with the flow. It's like we're literally swimming upstream. 
we're not supposed to go with the grain. We're supposed to go against the grain of common, common culture. Sometimes I'm, I think, it's, is it hard? Yes. Is it hard to stand in the midst and be different than what you see around you? It is. But let me tell you, it's worth it. Come on. I love Craig Rochelle's book. The book's called Weird. And he talks about these different things he's done in his family that, that are counterculture. Come on, let's look a little bit different. Let's look a little different than just the average family because we live according to a different way. I, I laugh all the time with our kids because, I mean, they've said this probably many times because I do, sometimes I was telling uh, uh, Connor this the other day. I was like, man, I'm almost 48 years old and sometimes I do some of the most silly things. I'm like, how in the world can I be almost 48? I'm still acting like a dummy. And, uh, and it's funny, he didn't argue with me at all about that. So, um, but I'm like, my kids, you say, Dad, you're so weird. And I was like, okay, that's cool. That's fine with me. I'd rather be weird than just like everybody else. I mean, don't you think maybe you're, you should do some things that just, uh, just kind of rub against the grain? It's, you know, obviously, we're not supposed to probably try to bring our children to wrath. Actually, the Bible tells us not to do that. But there were some just some things I love to do to my kids. You know, like we used to, we had a thing that we'd do when we, I'd let them out for school. And if they didn't tell me they loved me or if they act like they were embarrassed because I was letting them out at school, I would do something called the love honk. So right as they got in the midst of all their people, I would honk really loud, even roll down my window and tell them I loved them. You're like, that doesn't sound right. Well, I just wanted to be encouraging. Come on. And uh, talk to me after, after you hear this, and I can give you some good things to really, uh, you know, rub your kids the wrong way. But I'm saying we should go against the grain. Let's not catch our vision from popular culture. The, a third way that we often do this in families is we catch vision from within. Catch vision from within. And when I say that, I'm saying did... did Joshua conjure up in himself this declaration to lead his family. Did he pull himself up from his bootstraps from a bad family and decide no longer am I, am I going to be that way? Let me just say today, if you're watching and you're not a Christian, I'm so glad that you're watching. I want you to know I don't think I'm a better parent than you because I'm a Christian you're not a Christian. I don't think so at all. As a matter of fact, I think it's highly possible that you can have a healthy family, a healthy vision, even go against the grain of popular culture without God. I think you can do that. I've seen families that aren't Christians, they still have a healthy family dynamic. I think you can make a determination that I'm going to have a good family, that my family is going to be healthy. I think everybody can do this. But what I want us to understand in this series too, like throughout the whole series, even as we lead into family conference, I'm not merely talking about a good vision for your family. I'm talking about a God vision for your family. I'm not just talking about a good vision. Come on. Not just a good vision for your family. I'm talking about a God vision for your family. See, I believe God vision for your family allows you to have fortitude. It allows you to stand strong in the midst of adversity. This is a, this is a vision that will not bend when cultural, pre, cultural pressure comes against you. When you're ridiculed for some of the things that you're teaching, 
your family, for giving direction, for giving input, for actually leading your children at a young age, even into their teenage years, not do we understand that kids' brains are still not developed? They still need their parent to guide, lead, direct. It's a model set up by God. He has put you in that place to be a help and to lead your family. You know, Joseph's making this declaration in the midst of adversity. The people of Israel, once again, if you, if you see the history of the Israelites, they would continually rebel against God, go away from God to idols. And they're doing this again, even though they'd seen God's faithfulness deliver them from slavery. And Joseph, in the midst of this cultural pressure, in the midst of this, this adversity, he needed something greater than just what he could conjure up in self. He needed the Spirit of God to rise up within him. And I'm telling you right now that when your family is struggling with identity, when your family is struggling with temptation, when things aren't easy, I'm telling you, you have to have a vision larger than self. Your family vision has to be rooted in God. God has equipped you. God can prepare you. God will give you boldness. The Holy Spirit will lead you and direct you and guide you. And that brings us to point number four. The place that we should catch vision, I believe, and I believe the Bible tells us, is if we want to lead our families, we should catch vision from God. We should catch vision from God. See, God has not only called us as individuals to live for Him, but He's called us to lead our families. Mom, dad, husband, wife. God has called you to love Him, to love one another, and to lead your families. It's a mantle that has been placed upon you by God. God moves through generations. I love that Pastor David reminded us that God wants to move in the earth through the family. Why do you think the enemy is trying to tear down the, fam the fabric of the family? Come on, there's a real assignment to our families. The enemy is really trying to hurt our families, destroy our families, get them off course. But come on, thank God that he is more than able. That The Bible tells us, man, this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. You're like, Pastor Scotty, how do I do this in the society that we live in today? I'm saying with God all things are possible. Let your vision come from God. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, Joseph could see the God vision for his family even when other things tried to get his attention. Why could he do that? Because he caught the vision not from self. He didn't catch the vision from popular culture. He didn't even catch the vision from family. He caught the vision from God. In, in the 33rd chapter of Exodus, we read about something called the tent of meeting. And I've talked about this before, but it's so applicable here because of Joshua. The tent of meeting would be set up right outside of the camp of the Israelites. And Moses would, would go and walk toward the tent of meeting. When the people would see him going there, they would go to their tents in the, in the very front of their tents in their opening. They would watch Moses go. He would go into the tent of meeting and he would meet with God. And then after he'd meet with God, he would come out right there and people would come up to him and meet him. And, they, and then he would instruct them and he would, he would minister to them. And 
It was an amazing thing, but he wasn't alone with God in the tent of meeting. Let me read this, Exodus 33:11. It says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. I love this, that Joshua, son of a slave, or at least had seen a lot of that, would now have vision for his family. We see the character of Joshua shaped and molded over the years. He was always one that believed God could come through. And he carried that same thing into his family. He could literally make a faith declaration because of what he had seen, but greater than what he had seen, who he had caught the vision from. And we can make this same declaration in faith over our family. You can make the same declaration in faith over your family today. Come on. You can lead your family and have vision. Hebrews 12, 1-2 tells us why. As the writer would write in Hebrews 12, 1-2, he said this, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Come on. And I like this right here. Pay attention. The author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Come on. We have Jesus. Joseph could see by faith. Joseph, I'm sorry, Joshua could see by faith. And as he could see by faith, how much greater can we see by faith? As we're on this side of, of, of history, as we see the examples of people leading throughout the whole, the whole Bible, the examples that they set before us, but even greater, we have Jesus. We have Jesus. You say, Pastor Scotty, you don't know my family history. My story is, is difficult. It's very bad. I feel like it's damaged goods. Well, I want you to know today that that doesn't disqualify you from having a healthy family. Because your story is still being written. And what's amazing is I wanted you to see in Hebrews is that if you've given your life to Jesus, you actually know the author. The author, the one that would pen your story. The one that is still writing it. Because not only did he write your story, but it says that he perfects your story. So no matter what you've seen or maybe even the mistakes you've made in your own family today, there is still hope because Jesus is still the author. He's still perfecting it. He's still writing it out for you. And I'm saying you can have vision for your family because the story is still being written. Jesus loves you, has a plan and purpose for you. You know Him and He is working it out. I'm asking that you would have vision beyond just what you see around you, but by faith in Jesus, you will begin to declare vision for your family. You'll begin to declare it. Not only will you just see what you have around you today, but you'll begin to speak 
to the future of your family. Come on, guys. I Listen, men and women, moms and dads, I've seen things. I, it hasn't always been easy for me and my family, but what we would do is by the faith in Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would speak to, the, to not just the present, but we would speak to the future. Don't just see your kids how they are today. Maybe they're in a struggle. Maybe the, they're, 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 they're finding difficulty. Don't just see today. Pray over them today, but also speak to what God would have them to be in the future. Just because they're going through something difficult doesn't mean they can never come to who God would have them to be. Don't just see your spouse, how they are today. Begin to speak life over what they are going to become. Don't just see yourself in your last mistake, in your last mess up and with your family. Yeah, dad, may, hey, yeah, mom, maybe you messed it up royally, but don't just speak to that. Speak to your future. Get back on track. Let your vision come from God. Don't just see how your family was. Don't just see how your family may be, but see what God says they can be. See what God has declared over them, that God wants to move through not just this generation, but through your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, establishing a legacy. Don't just settle for it. But if you're to cast that vision you have to be able to catch it from God. I love that Moses would go into the tent of meeting. I'm going to challenge us. Well, how about we establish some of our own tent of meetings? How about in our living room or in our study? Or maybe even one of our staff members was telling us about this. They had this actual perfect closet for going in and to praying. How about we establish a tent of meeting in one of those places in our home? How about we establish a tent of meeting in our car when we have our kids, we're taking them to school. How about we establish the tent of meeting in these places that we go where we go to hear from God, but not only do we hear from God, our kids hear us hearing from God. Our spouse hears us hearing from God. And as we catch vision from God, then our family will be able to catch vision from God. And we'll be able to cast vision for our family and it'll run down through generations. I want you to be courageous. I want you to be bold. And I want you to go to God and allow Him to speak to you for your family. And then you begin to cast that vision, speak that vision, a family vision that lines up with God. You can do it. Oh, I want you to hear that today. You can do it. You can do it. I want you to understand it. Because I believe the enemy's trying to speak to you right now and say, that's for someone else. No, if you, if you are thinking that right now, that that's for someone else, God is saying, no, this is for you. It wasn't by accident that you watched today. God wants to do something in your family that He has orchestrated, that lines up with His kingdom. Come on. You can do it. Father, I just thank You. I look at my family, God, not perfect, not without difficulty at times, not without the enemy throwing things at us, but God, I look at your grace and how you would allow us to overcome and it's by your goodness and it's by your grace. And God, our family is amazing, but it's because of you. And I know what you've done for me, you will do for others. So right now I pray people would be infused with courage to know they can lead 
their family. And they would set up that place to hear from You. From the Word. From worship. God, that You would use them. Now maybe you're watching today and you haven't, maybe you've never given your life to Christ. It starts with you. You want to you change? I know God's speaking to you. God has vision for your life. Here's the vision God has for you. He, he has this for you so much that John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God wants you to have life. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or you want to come back to Him, I want to pray a prayer. And I want to ask that you would just say this prayer as I say it. And the Bible tells us as we confess Him as Lord, and we believe in our heart that, he, that God raised Him from the dead, it says we're saved. So God, for those that want to make that decision for you today, I pray this prayer. Jesus, I know You died for me and that you rose again. I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Create in me a clean heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.